0: Hi, I'm Blake Morrow, and I'm going to be joined by Quasar of the Spanish Trade-Off Show in just a few moments. But we're going to navigate through all the themes, the ups and downs, the volatility of the markets, what we've seen as things that are actually moving the market. But if you like what you hear, make sure you give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Give a thumbs up for the production crew here. Give a thumbs up for Chris Wesson, who will be joining us next week. And make sure you do your own research. But let's get into the trade-off well hello traders i'm blake morrow and like i said i'm going to bring in quasar from the spanish trade-off from hacienda de quasar it looks it. look here he is welcome back
1: thank you so much blake here broadcasting once again from la hacienda you know enjoying a little bit of good weather here all good and it's such a pleasure to be back on the mic with you with your crew and yeah happy to do the trade-off one more time i actually wanted to take a quick quick time to be appreciative of all the love that you guys showed up for last week's episode i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna be straight up honest i was wide quite nervous last week by doing this which you know last week's was my first official episode or event in english and i was uh, quite a bit nervous but no after all you your guys is all the love you show i'm so so ready to do one more episode and once again yeah if you like what you're seeing please give it a thumbs up hit, hit us up with some comments and yeah let let my boss know that i'm doing a, a great job
0: yeah, speaking to the boss uh chris weston uh, once again let's give a shout out to his kids i feel bad for his kids he'll, still, still dealing with yeah. <laughs> he deal with the drive across country but he will be back this next week so you know him having a, a time off uh with a holiday it's important but he will be back jump in the comments tell us how much you like quasar and the content that we provide here but look we've got a lot to talk about this week and we're going to get to it because you know, Quasar, we just got through the CPI data. Some some really, really, uh, you know, some inflation data that suggests that that maybe inflation is coming down globally. The dollar's trading on its back foot right now, and we've got a lot to talk about today. So, you ready to get into it?
1: Let's get into it.
0: Let's jump in with your with your first topic in topical thunder.
1: like I think this um, episode's fundamental section should start definitely with inflation. And here I think that the situation is a little bit mixed. If you will, you can see this report, this CPI report for March as a half empty cup or a half full cup. It all depends on how you want to see the data. And here in one end or on one side, we got headline inflation basically establishing itself at its lowest level in almost two years now uh, under the expectations of 5.2% on a yearly basis, basically it's setting itself at 5.0, level not seen since May of 2021. Definitely there's been a great progress after it having touched 9.1% on a yearly basis once again. Last year, all that, I think it's all good, super good. Now, however, on the other side, we got to see core inflation ticking up, going from 5.5% to 5.6%. Basically, in essence, now we have a higher core reading than the headline. And I think this is all going to be a very difficult. It's putting the Federal Reserve in a very difficult spot. And I wanted to hear from you what, what is all your or your thoughts on how the CPI print got to, to be released. And after you know, I hear from you what are all your thoughts, I would like to kind of share a little bit of an example on why I think that the employment data is going to be what the key is for the inflation going ahead.
0: Well, your your title says that, you know, sticky core readings. Um, one of one of the things that's actually factoring into that right now is housing and dwellings. And so, you know, uh, housing, rents, they're still unbearably high. And even though inflation is starting to come down, it's still putting pressure on on folks. And it I, I think what's more interesting than just the inflation read itself was the price action today in the markets, too. You know, we saw the dollar continue to weaken. The dollar, like I said, it's on its back heels. We're we're getting close to to trend lows, yearly lows, um, and the stock market actually reversed course before the FOMC minute, meeting minutes came out. the The stock market was was already coming down. So I think the price action was really interesting. Um, but there doesn't seem to be a demand for dollars at this stage in the game, and we, we'll go into that here in a little bit. A little bit later. But uh, as far as inflation goes, it is coming down, but it's still well above, you know, the the Fed's mandate. So, what, what are, what's some of the things that you noticed about the CPI data?
1: No, definitely. Uh, once again, I think it's all going to be about the the labor force. I think. Personally, and you may actually agree or you may disagree on this perspective, why I think employment is going to be key for this. I'm, and I'm going to be making a, a quick example on why I think this is critical. Maybe a lot of people not might not understand this dynamic, but how I see it is if just for the sake of an example, if I come with Chris, hey, you know what? I think I've been doing a great job and, you know, I've taken uh, into consideration what the standards of living have been, what they are right now. And I think, you know what? I think I deserve a praise. If there's plenty of jobs out there and and I know that I can move around, most likely he's going to be, hey, well, I think you deserve it. That is gonna bring more dollars into my income. That, in essence, is gonna be or allow me to pursue more routes and services. And that's gonna keep or put a base on the economic activity. On the other side, if Chris, instead of me going to him, comes to me, hey, you know what? Actually, business is not is not doing that good. Actually, the Spanish front is. Mm, it's getting complicated there. We might have to let you go. Do you guys think that I even gonna have to, or I'm gonna even allow myself to consider? Hey, I think I need a raise. More likely than not even worse if I lose my job do you guys think that I'm going to go to a different employer? hey yeah and I actually need a raise probably not I'm just going to take what it what they can give me that's what I personally think that in order for for inflation to go down and to solve this complicated part that we're starting to see with core um the core readings getting higher and getting more established not necessarily going down as fast as desire employment report i think that's where 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 that's where it
0: really matters that's that's some great points you make you make there quasar so you know that brings me to the topic of retail sales and inflation because i want to talk about how i want to approach the retail sales i want to get your feedback on how you're going to approach it as well this week but i think it's actually the key number going into this week you know quasar i've been really reluctant for this year and really as far as back as i can remember Betting against the U.S. consumer, I always think it's a very dangerous situation when you do that. I, I remember when we were going through our financial crisis, still seeing people buying iPhones as they were defaulting on their home. So, I mean, that during the housing crisis back in 2008, that really, really just showed me personally how strong the U.S. consumer is and that that insatiable need to spend money. However, this is where the rubber meets the road. We've got really high inflation and it's very sticky as you pointed out and you're seeing costs of everything go up uh, my energy costs are going up this summer 15% and that's that's nothing compared to like what people in the UK experience over the over the winter with with rates for natural gas but what i'm trying to point out is prices are going up everywhere at what point does the consumer roll over i think now is the time and you're seeing the dollar weaken into this data You're seeing it weakened because of the CPI. We got producer prices tomorrow. This inflation data has already got the dollar on its back foot. What if the data misses? Is that gonna put the Euro back above 110? Well above 110? Is it gonna put the sterling in new highs? Is it gonna put the dollar yen back at 130? Those are the things that I'm asking and those are the ways that I'm trading the, the retail sales this week. What are your thoughts on retail sales going into this week?
1: I think it's such a great, important data to keep an eye on. Definitely. When we talk about a consumer economy, you have to pay attention to the consumer. And yeah, we got to see a massive, super positive number in January. Nonetheless, after that, we got back to negative readings. And here I want to bring up what we saw last week. We saw non-manufacturing and manufacturing PMIs both showing at negative readings. So if that translates into what could be happening now in the economy, potentially that could be another point that leads to the the consumer, that it's now actually starting to be affected. And definitely this is going to be one where, I mean, the dollar can initially, and I was talking to Chris, even though he is on vacations, um, you know, it could be one that affects it initially by the sense that they, the Federal Reserve might actually change course, be not as aggressive, whatever. But later on, this could be one that if effectively we are heading into a, an economic situation where it's very adverse, not just on the US, but globally, it could be one that leads to the dollar as a, as a safe haven. So I don't know. I personally think this is one that we have to pay very close attention, especially when we're talking about the US economy, which is very consumer dependent
0: yeah you you make a great point you know the dollar is coming under pressure but at some point bad data might equate to bad performance in equities and if that is the case will the dollar pick up the bid as the safe haven currency that's a great question let's go into the next topic
1: it's a really good one because even at the same time when we're going to be seeing some numbers from the consumer and on the retail sales front we're going to be kicking off the earnings season and in what better way than actually with the banking sector here. We're going to be having JP Morgan, Citibank, Wells Fargo, all of them reporting. I think it's going to be super important to see how they actually present themselves after what happened in March. If you all remember, it seems like now we're completely, we have completely forgotten about the crisis, the banking crisis, but definitely reading, hearing from them how they're feeling, how this has impacted is going to be very important. One that I Key data point that I wanted to bring up to you and to the audience is that expectations or the forecasts are for the S&P, the companies in the S&P 500 to get 6.8 full in earnings. That will basically, for the first quarter of the year, that will basically mean that companies will be registering their worst quarter since the pandemic. What are your thoughts? How do you think that this all will play? Like.
0: Well, yeah, you know, first of all, bank earnings kicking off on Friday. Really, I think that's really important. I was watching an interview. uh, I forget whose interview I was watching over the last twenty-four hours. I watch so many, and you know, I'm always trying to keep up with what what different analysts are saying. But you know, the big banks. I'm not so worried about them. I am obviously worried about the regional banks and 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 their their earnings reports. But the big banks are going to at some point just be like uh, I think the the word that I heard, and I and I and I'm going to latch onto it. It's not my own word. Is they're like kind of like a utility company. You know, these big banks, the J.P. Morgans, the the Bank of America's. They're just going to be big utility company kind of banks, but. You're right, listening to their earnings calls, listening to their comments, and, and seeing what their forecasts are, are going to be extremely important going into this week, are, uh, going into this earnings season. I'm also going to be paying a really close attention to uh, the FedExes, the UPSs of the world. I want to see how global trade is. I know, and and I do want to apologize on the behalf of Quasar myself, this is very much a North American-dominated trade-off thus far. Thus far, don't go anywhere because we got a lot of trade ideas that don't have to do... With north america centric just these uh, topics seem to be today but um yeah earning season here in north america is going to be really important going into this week um so aside from banks what else are you going to be looking at that what big names are you
1: thinking i'm actually not thinking in a specific like what companies i'm kind of like thinking as an earning season and what this could potentially mean as an economic perspective what's that because let's not forget that at the end of the day these companies are a reflection of what's going or what's going on through the economy so i personally think that this is just another point of view to see realistically are we heading to hard landing is it soft landing where is it exactly that things are taking us
0: that's right who's making money who's not making money the speculative money is pretty much gone Uh, you know financial conditions continue to tighten and 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 institutions funds they're going to be looking at these companies that are actually making money and look like they have some staying power. So it's going to be a really, really wild earnings season, in my my opinion. I'm glad you brought that topic up because starting on Friday, especially when the banks start hitting the wires, we should all be watching. And that takes us to our last topic. And this is going to be a controversial topic. And I'm glad that you and I get to talk about this right now. But we're going to talk about de-dollarization. You know, I've heard a lot of the death of the dollar. I mean, yeah, whenever the dollar is on its back foot and we're near lows, or trend lows, you know, we're, if you go to the dollar index, we're, we're seeing levels that we haven't seen we're getting down to levels that we saw at the beginning of this year. But if we break down, we're going to start seeing levels from like early 2022. And of course it's the death of the dollar. Why is the dollar going down? Oh, it's de-dollarization, but you know, Quasar, I was looking at some, some, uh, you know, interesting, interesting research, uh, coming into today's show about, really the dominance of the US dollar and how the system really has not changed. And and if you look back all the way to the, like the mid nineties, the, the, w- the, the dollars that are changing hands for goods is pretty much the same now than it was in 1995. And if you look at a long-term view of the dollar index, you go back into the seventies, like as far back as my dollar index charts will go is about when I was born that, the dollar hasn't really moved a lot. Now, the dollar's purchasing power has changed depending on what you're looking at, what assets you're talking about, but the dollar itself, you know, against other currencies really hasn't changed a whole lot. But there is this constant nab and 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 this constant especially in the mainstream media that the dollar is dying. I actually even had the the lady that cleans my house last week came to my house and she's like, "Um, it, what's going to happen with the dollar?" cuz she's been with me for the last decade plus. And when when that happens, you know, the dollar is probably vulnerable to a reversal or a a rally. And one last thing I want to make, or one last point I want to make. I remember in 2007, 2008, before the financial crisis, there was a big push between Russia, OPEC, uh, I believe Saudi Arabia at that time, they're trying to move away from dollars. And what happened? A financial crisis came, and everybody rushed to dollars because they felt that they did not have enough dollars at that time. So another crisis, stocks where they're at. You think about it. Look ahead twelve months from now. Do you think the dollar might come in demand when the when the when the when the poop hits the fan? Anyway, what are your thoughts on de-dollarization, Quasar? I
1: think I want to answer this topic to begin with with alternatives. Okay, de-dollarization to go where to actually buy one? i think as of right now there is no a key contender where i will feel comfortable okay yeah let's go put our money in china or actually yeah let's go and buy that the euros is our reserve currency I personally think that the U.S., yeah, there's a lot of things that are of my concern. I actually wanted to bring up what Brazil and China just did, in which basically they're trying to take on all the trade without having to touch the dollar. Saudi Arabia, in order for them to basically provide oil without having to touch dollars. What Macron did this weekend, I think it's quite interesting, the posture that he took on this trip to Beijing. So all that to me, yeah, it's like there's efforts there's movements trying to set apart from the dollar. But however, I personally still believe that, okay, where and what's the best alternative for it to effectively happen? I don't see it yet. I think, yeah, it's all these plays and games about trying to get the dollar aside, but I don't think there are still at a maturity where it's convincing enough. I don't know what yeah. you think.
0: No, and and I 100% agree with you. Look, I think it might be a long-term process. and And yes, of course. If you're if you're uh, you know a, 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 a you know a, a country and you want to move away from dollars, it's going to be a gradual process. It isn't going to be an overnight process. The dollar really dominates in trade, and the euro dollar system just in general. So the, the 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 groundwork is in place where the dollar is at. It's going to be hard to dethrone. But moving away from dollars gradually, yeah, I see it. But the death of the dollar, I think we're still kind of far away from it, at least. Let's hope so but let's talk let's get away from like the north american centric ideas and let's talk about the setups that have your attention and my attention right
1: now all right blake for for that's a setup i wanted to to kick off with bitcoin it's a chart to me which is Quite interesting in the sense, uh, you probably already got a sense of, and your audience as well, of how I feel about risk. I personally think that we're about to take on some risk off sometime soon. I don't think the environment is set up right now for taking on risk. However, Bitcoin, to my surprise, keeps on making moves. It recently got above that twenty that uh, Fibonacci retracement of twenty point twenty-three point sixty. I mean, just by, you know, following the natural progression of natural retracement levels and by the conviction that has shown above, first, how it respected it as a resistance and now how it very concisely broke above it. I personally think it might be one that it could run above the, you know, getting close to that 36,000K where it got to have some support at the beginning of 2022. Definitely one that I have a very hard time supporting it from a fundamental the only thing that i might bring into the equation on why bitcoin and cryptocurrencies might have some positive is maybe people are reluctant now to banking the conventional banking system knowing that you know banks can fail why would i put my money into this maybe i can follow some financial alternatives however I, I just have a very hard time from a fundamental and taking on risk. I don't know do you have any thoughts about this? Um, well I do part?
0: and 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 for, first of all, I think you bring up a great chart that has had this insatiable bid in the in the in in Bitcoin and when it broke above 25,000 that was kind of like a you know a multi multiple multiple level like support slash resistance we broke above 25,000. It really hasn't looked back since we've, we've all we're doing is getting bullish consolidations before we take off again. The target that I have is 32,000 and I think while it's above, you know, right now while it's above 28k, you continue to look for 32,000, but I think you're right. You got to look at it as a risk on risk off barometer and I do think that if if we do see some, you know, selling in assets, people will turn around and say, "Okay, do I want to keep Bitcoin or do I want to keep Boeing, or you know, some other <laughs> some other stock, you know, they they might you know take some profits off of Bitcoin, and I think you can use it as a risk barometer. But I think it's also a great trading vehicle, you know, and and I think you got to continue to you know respect the fact that it's making higher highs and higher lows. Um, but that's a great chart. I'm glad that you brought that up. But the next chart I'm going to bring up that might actually fit into your narrative is the S and P. And the reason why I want to bring up the S and P is today we made a slightly higher high, but I'm going to call it a double top. And I like, I always like the saying, double tops build stops, because whenever (laughs) you get a double top or you get a triple top, everybody shorts and they put stops above that level. I get it. The one thing that I want to point out though, in this situation is the S&P is actually trading down toward, it traded down towards its lows. We closed at its lows today and we had a significant bearish outside day reversal candle. So you know the S and P in itself. If that double top is triggered, that means if we break below the 4060 level, we should target a 90 point move that will take us down to 3970, um, and that would that would take us you know close to the 200 day moving average. I'm not looking for the stock market to implode, but I'm simply looking at a technical setup: double top, lower highs on a daily basis. If you look at the you know this year's price action. And it looks like we could reverse here. So what do you think about the S&P technically at these levels, Quasar?
1: Well, I mean, personally, I really like this chart for a couple of reasons. Definitely, to begin with, price action. When you get to see it from a bigger picture, if you take into consideration February highs, you're still talking about a lower low, or higher low. I'm sorry. On top of that, you have that double top. In addition, when you get to talk a little bit about Japanese candlesticks, that could even be called shooting star so all of these factors i personally think that are really really good and all play into my fundamental perspective where i think i mean we are in a position where it's it's hard to take on risk just mainly because of all the risks that are out there so i I personally love this chart and on top of that i personally think horizontal levels are the best in order for you to take on positions. so totally love it
0: (laughs) awesome awesome well what do you what do you got for us for gold because you know if the dollar does become the reserve or the reserve currency or hedge or currency excuse me risk off hedge you know you got the you got the gold market so tell us what you see in gold
1: now definitely gold is an asset that i think an instrument that i personally think that a lot of people should be paying attention to i previously talked about how the psychological level of $2000 was you know being a key resistance level now i had to adjust it to make a more case of more or a stronger case on how price action has been behaving now. 1990, I think it's been a critical level in this uh, recent price action that we have seen on gold. I think we have a very solid support level and a more, a very probable resistance level where price action might be hitting if. The narrative plays along with the whole thing that we might get into risk aversion goal as a safe haven asset might make get a little bit of love and I, I think that this could be one that we're heading to that uh high level that we saw last year on the around 2050 uh 50 dollars per, per ounce um i once again, it has horizontal support and resistance levels. I think those are great for you to establish clear, well-defined levels where you're going to be taking your profit, where are you going to be out in case you made a bad, a bad decision at the end of the day. Guys, remember, uh, trading in essence is knowing where you're wrong and when you're right, trying to get more. And I personally think that horizontal levels are really good for you to determine in a very precise manner where, you know, you're right or wrong. What What are your thoughts on this? Um, this chart, like, well, first
0: of all, I think gold has been extremely strong. Um, and what what does does freak me out a little bit is silver continues to to, to rally, and so the gold silver ratio has kind of flipped a little bit, and we're seeing silver really outpace gold, um, and silver is getting a little overbought, but gold continues to hold up well above support there are two levels that i'm looking at as far as gold goes is 1980 is that the uh horizontal level you have there on that chart it's so small. 1990 the one that i have 1980 and then below that would be 1930 which would be the next horizontal support which you could actually if you imagine a line drawn around those near lows i think those are levels that you have to know where you're wrong and when you trade quasar it's okay to be wrong believe me i'm wrong quite a bit it's okay to be wrong it's not okay to stay wrong so know where your exits are Nowhere you have to say, look, I was wrong. Let's get out. Let's uh, let's find another trade. And a matter of fact, that next trade might be this setup. Let's talk about the Euro Aussie. Now, I did tweet this chart a little bit earlier today. For those of you that follow me on Twitter, you've probably seen it. And this is one of my favorite correlated currency pairs to the stock market. Now, as you all know, correlation does not mean causation, you know, but... There's a lot of rhymes when you're talking about correlations and especially when you're talking about the S&P and you're talking about the Euro Aussie. So some of you may be looking at the the S&P of the chart that I just brought up two slides ago or two, uh, excuse me, topics ago, and the S&P might look vulnerable, but what really looks vulnerable is the Euro Aussie to the upside. If you take that post-COVID lockdown high all the way to the lows, that we're back in 2022, we're, we're at a 38% retracement. Now a 38% retracement is a big Fibonacci level because it's really kind of the do or die level for the bears. The bears don't wanna see a move above the 38% retracement because that puts us more in a consolidation type of period. We are challenging those highs and that's also resistance that goes back into August of 21. If we start breaking into new highs in Asia tonight and maybe even into tomorrow in European trade, that's going to be a strong breakout in the Euro-Aussie on a weekly, monthly basis. And the Euro has been bid across all sorts of crosses. And that also might signal that the S&P is ready to fall or vice versa. What do you think about the Euro-Aussie here, Quasar?
1: I personally love it. I mean, I, I think correlations is something that we definitely all have to take into consideration when you know exposing ourselves to the markets. But why I like this one, in one end, you have the ECB, which is basically now the hawkish central bank out there on the other side you have the recession narrative getting slowly stronger having more getting stronger and i mean let's not forget that the australian dollar is one of those growth currencies so if that's what it's actually playing out on one end you might be the aussie might not getting that much love because of the whole recession narrative and on the other side you have the euro that it's being highly supported because of the hawkishness of the ecb I think this is a good one. I really like it, Blake.
0: All right. Well, uh, and and, and you have also the RBA that looks like they're going to stand pat for a while. So anyway, I hope you like those setups. But let's go into what Quasar is looking for his trade or play of the day.
1: All right, Blake, um, the play of the day that I have for this week, and which is going to be my last one for the English show, <laughs> is going to be, I mean, at least for the moment, right? Uh, it's going to be with the British pound against the U.S. dollar. I personally think that previously it was trading in a very well-defined range. And, and this after having, you know, on the bottom side, basically the Fibonacci retracement, the 38 Fibonacci retracement from the downside movement that took place from the highs of 2021. Seems like it kind of like play around a little bit with a fake breakout seems like now we are again above the the range so if we make a higher high just by the natural progression of price action i think this is one that we probably should be following towards the 61.80 and of course how, how will i get out of this position if we get reintroduced after having made a higher high and if we get back under the, the or inside of the range, this is a, a wrong call. And yeah, it's it's a, a really good um, risk reward ratio, 1.80 in terms of what you're risking trying to make. I, I, I really like it. After that, I have a strong feeling, you know, just mainly because if the whole recession narrative gets stronger, I see I see the dollar maybe getting some blob again by based on that safe haven, haven narrative. And yeah, that's that's the one that I have for this week, Blake. What do you got?
0: All right. Well, the one that my play of the day is going to be the dollar yen. And I, I want to actually just mention really quick, I did trade my Euro yen trade of the day. And guess what? Quasar, I took a loss on it. Fortunately, I was short Aussie Yen and Kiwi Yen, which I made money on those, but I lost money on the Euro yen because I didn't get that changeover, the Ueda. Comments that I was expecting, but that's okay. I'm dipping my toe back into the end with the dollar yen. Like I said, I think the dollar yen is going to be weaker because of a dollar, it's more of a dollar play. We had weak CPI. I think PPI is going to be weak this, uh, tomorrow as we go into North America. And then as we wrap up the week, as I've mentioned, I think retail sales are going to be underwhelming. And I think the dollar yen is going to be under pressure and I think we could trade back down towards channel support and notice that we had a little false breakout above the 134 and we failed. So that reversal today really suggests that the US dollar Japanese yen may come under pressure and let's say I get lucky let's guess let's let's hope I get some hawkish comments this time around this week not last week but this week from Ueda and maybe the dollar yen falls further than I expect. So that's my play of the day Quasar and I want to say Guys, gals, it's been really wonderful being here. Uh, I, I, you know, with with Quasar, I want to say if you like what he does, give him a thumbs up. Give the Pepperstone crew a big thumbs up for putting together this, this production every week, and give a thumbs up for getting Westie back here next week and getting his kids off the hook. His poor kids traveling with Westy. Anyway, Quasar, I want to say thanks for being here. You've been awesome.
1: Well thank you, Blakey, for having me. Thank you so much for the rest of the team. It's been a pleasure to to be with you and with your audience and all the best. And yeah, you'll guys have Chris back. The, all
0: right. right. All right, traders. Control. Make sure you do your own <laughs> make sure you do your own research. Give Quasar a big thumbs up, comments down below, and we'll see you next week on the trade off.